Old Lang Syne, Lang Syne, Old Lang Syne, Lang Syne. Happy New Year, Ashley. What the hell is that? <laughs> well, what was that? I know at New Year people sing Old Lang Syne, and I wanted to but sing you it to. Clearly, you. have never heard. But I You've don't never know heard the, tune. the song. No, no. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so that was the only tune I, I was could think. Of. I just wanted to make sure it was absolutely that was the reason. Yeah. I, right, okay. Don't, I mean, I could sing it to you, but I'm not going to. Isn't that how you sing it? Uh, clearly not, no. Right. Uh, hence the reaction. I, what the hell is that? <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Happy New we Year. We all have a... Yeah, Happy New, Happy New Year, everybody, before I lay into Chris. Uh, Ashley here, over on this end. Chris uh, over there on that end. Old Lang Syne. In case we forgot to do that. Old Lang Syne himself, yeah. Uh, here... At the end of the new year, at the end of this year, this fetid year, uh, with something to, <laughs> something to, hopefully, uh, cheer you to warm your cockles. Just a bit of friendly chat between two. Are we friends? I was going to say friends. Definitely colleagues. After the office Christmas colleagues. party last week. I know. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. So each of us is presenting a top five games of 2020 bit of a roundup of the year isn't it yeah we've set ourselves the challenge of making the games to be from 2020 which i've mostly achieved have you actually yeah so you're you're telling everybody the rules and i'm i'm here to say that i have cheated again uh, the same as i did last week i've found a way that i think i can get past the censors i.e you that's okay i think to talk about more than just the five games that i've chosen i've also tried to be a little bit canny but we'll come to that later Okay, intriguing. So shall we kick off then? Are we going to go... Have you ranked them, firstly? Yeah, loosely. Every time I look at it, though, it changes. So yeah, uh, I've got a very firm number one, yep. which I've been to the doctor about, and he says it's normal. <laughs> I've got a very firm number two as well, and he said that's healthy. My number three is where it starts to shift around. I can only begin to imagine what a number three might be. <clears throat> yeah, you don't want to know. The doctor was astonished. So mine is ranked, but it's hazy. To some extent. What about yours? Yeah, I mean, I did say, have you ranked them? And then as you were talking about them being a bit hazy, I have just drawn a little arrow between two and three to swap them round. So Fair enough. Yeah, it's loose. It's difficult, I think, putting them into a rank order. And I resist this kind of thing anyway when I'm talking about things I like. When people ask me if I've got a favourite film, I find it very difficult to make an answer for that because it depends on my mood and all sorts. When people ask me the same question about any other media, I tend to try and shirk the responsibility of answering. So the fact that I've got five out of my list of potential 20 is a miracle in itself 20 games all from this year i said 20 i'm i'm being a bit hairy but i've got a so shall i tell you how i'm cheating the system yes please i've learned from other people frankly um because in this sort of rundown uh, in this sort of celebration of whatever media whether it's the the oscars you know we're like the oscars for games absolutely the music ones whatever the music ones are these days grammys brits yeah them ones yeah emmys for whatever that's for what's the emmys for is it tv yes yeah whatever that is Anyway, they all have like the nominees, and they oh, okay. also sometimes like give like honourable mentions, like little nods, like oh, well, you nearly made it yeah. onto onto the podium. You nearly made it, but you didn't, so crack on. Yeah, well, I've got a list of honourable mentions. Right? Can I run through them? Yes. Or would you rather? Okay, cool. no, go for it. So my honourable mentions: one to fifty. Are you ready? Yep. <laughs> You shouldn't. You shouldn't say yep to that. That was a joke. I've, so I've got nine okay. honourable mentions. Which I was saying seems like a, I know you were. Yeah. You shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I've got nine. I felt like that was pushing it a little bit, even. But I've got nine. 
So I'm sticking with nine. Right. And I've got very, very brief reasons, okay? So to start off our honourable mentions, The Outer Wilds, the reason it couldn't be in contention is because it wasn't in, it wasn't released in 2020. It was released in 2019. But I played it in 2020. It's really well executed mystery exploration game. It's got brilliant atmosphere and and world building and intriguing gameplay. So that's the reason. Uh, Planet Zoo, you might be unsurprised to hear. Released in 2019, so not eligible. But I spent more time with this game than any other in this year. More than 400 hours, I think, uh, playing Planet Zoo. And you can see the fruits of my labour on YouTube. If you find us on YouTube, you can see that there. Layer of the Clockwork God. So Layer of the Clockwork God. An excellent premise. Lots of fun gameplay. Solid sense of humour. One that really appeals to me and certainly hit the mark with you, I know. Yeah. It is the closest to being on the list of five that I had to narrow it down to. Basically, it is number six on my list. And even then, it was floating in and out of the list. So I feel really, really bad. (laughs) about layer of the clockwork god just scraping off there uh, before we leave it's a non-combat civilization management sim or man sim it's really nice to play bit of a challenge disco elysium so disco elysium i got a couple of days ago and i have played the first sequence like very short piece and i just i was so bowled over by how brilliant it was but so even just playing the last couple of days it's got into your top whatever of yeah the year. That's good. yeah like it's i died in the first portion of the game and but everything about the game including the death was phenomenal like I, I think it's my game. It's right up my alley. Right. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that at some point in 2021. Okay. Cool. Gree, the only game to make me cry this year. Cry big, big tears. Gree. So it's a game again that you've played and that you enjoyed. Yeah, I recommend it to you. I wasn't as taken with it as you were, but I think that's because oh. I played it without the sound on because I was playing it while my daughter oh my. was pottering about. And I <sighs> think that was quite the error. Yeah, it was a massive error. There are thematic reasons for the reason that hit me real hard. Enjoyed it from start to finish. Really tight gameplay and a big emotional smack in the face rimworld rimworld released donkeys years ago but one i discovered this year to my shame fantastic game ring fit because i got fatter during lockdown however i played ring fit helped me keep active if not fit i wonder how big i would be if i hadn't had ring fit and lonely mountains downhill which was for a time this year a bit of a zen game for me right do you know that no game? i've never heard of it it's a mountain biking game you start at the top of the hill you've got to get down to the bottom if you fall off your bike you start back at the top or at a checkpoint if you hit one and there are like five or four or five five or six trails down these hills down these mountains of varying challenge it's lovely really brilliant game Cool. Very simple, but very well executed. They are my nine honourable mentions. So this is on top of the core five, five. that you're presenting. Yeah. Wow, so you've gone for 14. Yeah. yeah, there were more, but I, as I say, I felt like I was taking the piss with nine honourable mentions. Yeah, two so right you are. Can't help it. Can't yeah. help it. No regrets. Nope, no regrets. All brilliant games. You should play all of them, I think. Should, do you want to start? I've given you nine games already. Right, You're so not I'll... pulling your weight, Chris. Come on. Okay, so in at number five in my besties of the year, a game that released on the Switch in 2020, but released elsewhere last year. I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's totally fine. Good. Is What the Golf? Yes. Okay. Saw this coming. Why? Episode 18. Why? Thank Why? you for that. Episode... I sounded really... It's like Alan Partridge. <laughs> Yeah, it was horrible. I'll ask that again. Why what the golf? So this was episode 18 of the podcast. If you want to find out why, you can go back and listen to that, really. It's just a really oh. fun game. Yeah, I'm going to recap on what we talked about in episode 18. Thank you. Good. It's, it's a yeah. really, really simple, accessible, fun to play, genuinely laugh out loud game. Really nice art style. It's something I have dipped into quite a lot this year. Like if there's I know, five minutes while waiting for a cup of tea to brew, I can just 
crack that on because you're straight into it. It's just a really, really good game. Fantastic multiplayer as well. I just think it's great. It's a crazy golf game. Emphasis on the crazy. Yeah, I should maybe explain that for anyone who hasn't listened to that. Yeah, that's what I was angling for, but that's fine. Yeah, it is that a crazy golf game that is not necessarily crazy golf in the literal sense of the phrase. Yeah, that's why I said crazy golf game emphasis on the crazy. Thank you. There's one level where you might be putting the golf club, I think we had this conversation before, stick or whatever it is, as opposed to the ball. Then there's other levels. You got it right the first time. Thanks. Then there's other levels where you're trying to get an office chair into a hole. And the office chair obviously has very different physics to a golf ball. Every level is different. And there's there's game parodies within there. There's a Guitar Hero level, which I've not unlocked yet. <laughs> there's Super Meat Boy. There's Mario. There's all sorts of stuff in there. There's a whole section based on Super Hot, the white and red yep. first-person shooting game. There, that's it. Number five. Solid choice. I haven't played it yet, but it looks really nice. And you've definitely talked me into being interested at some point. It is now available on Steam. It came out in October of, of this year or last year, depending on when you listen to this. Obviously, it's on Switch and it's also on the Apple Arcade. So that's the thing where you pay a premium for the month and you've got access to all these games within that. I'm not part of the Apple ecosystem at all, so I don't know about that. That's news to me. Sounds like a good deal. Right, what's your number five? So my number five just squeaked on, as I say, possibly. So this is what I was on and iron about. This is a game that I got for Christmas or didn't get for Christmas for anyone that listened to our last week's episode is Ghost of Tsushima. You know about Ghost of Tsushima? I know it's a game that you have been playing through December and then feeling guilty, guilty about it, but beyond that, I don't know anything about it at all. One of the reasons it kept slipping out in favour of Layer of the Clockwork God, <laughs> poor choice of words, but <laughs> one of the reasons Ghost of Tsushima is on it, possibly, but not definitely, is because of its proximity. I've played it most recently. Yeah. It's also the reason that I haven't played more Disco Elysium, because I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. It's a game for anyone that hasn't played it or doesn't know about it. It's an ex- uh, it's PlayStation 4 or PlayStation exclusive. You can play it on the PlayStation 5 as well, if you've got that, that revolves around the island of Tsushima. You are a samurai who is the last, well, sort of the last samurai on the Isle of Tsushima, having suffered an invasion from an outside force. I think it's the Mongols, but I don't think it's Genghis Khan. I mean, it sounds like you going to the doctor suffering an invasion from an outside force. Yep. Is it Tom Cruise? He was the last samurai. No, it's not. This game actually, so one of the things that the last samurai was nailed to the wall for was the whitewashing of Japanese traditions and culture and the Hollywoodization of Japanese culture. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima has actually been very well received in Japan by Japanese critics precisely because it pays such attention to Japanese history, Japanese mm. culture, Japanese tradition. You can play through the whole game with Japanese, the Japanese language uh, with English subtitles or, or with your, your language subtitles. Uh, you can all, it also has what's called an, a Kurosawa mode. It's basically a filter, black and white filter, that makes it resemble a Akira Kurosawa film. You're looking confused. Um, it's a name I know, but I can't think of any... So Kurosawa is Seven Samurai, is the film that everybody will know. Right. Uh, which is what The Magnificent Seven was based on. Yojimbo, so what's the sort... drunken samurai. So what sort of style does he have then? Well, he is like, if you think of the quintessential Japanese filmmaker, you are looking at Akira Kurosawa films. The, right. the samurai the samurai genre is basically Akira Kurosawa and then everybody else, so <laughs> which is, is a very vast generalization, I'm aware, but we only have so much time. 
The game is a stunning game to look at anyway. If you're buying it just to look at the amazing vistas and the weather effects and all the eye candy in the game is just, it's phenomenal. I can only imagine what it would look like if you were running it on PlayStation 5 with that hardware and the power that comes from it. Because uh, it, it already looks stunning on the PlayStation 4. It's a real nice swan song for the for the console, I think. Does it have snow? Yes. <laughs> could put <laughs> yes, it in last it week's does. episode. Yeah, well, I could. I didn't think it fit as well as the other ones. Fair enough. But one of the things that I really like as well, again, this might be a game that we talk about more at more length in a, in a future episode it has you know like in games where you can press a button tells you which direction to go maybe with some kind of twinkly lights that yeah. lead you in that direction or whatever well the mechanic for that in this game is the winds if you sweep up on the trackpad on the playstation 4 controller there'll be a gust of wind that it's somewhat stylized that blows in the direction that you need to go in and then as that dies down you'll still have like little petals that roll on this very soft wind and the grass will move will sway towards where you need to go it's a really subtle it's way to clever. direct you and less invasive than anything i think i've experienced uh, with other games it's also a bit of a kleptomania and it's a bit like you can be walking from one place to another and a thing will happen a bird will swoop down and the bird will lead you off in another direction and you'll be like oh where's that bird going mm-hmm. or a fox you might come upon a fox and the fox will take you to some kind of hidden secret it's full of a little like side tracks to t- to go down it's brilliant great Michael Petit completely Michael Petit yeah it sounds like mine as well if only I had the hardware to yeah to you'll have to have a go when we're eventually allowed to meet in 2023 at the rate it's going Christopher's number f- number five what is it Christopher's number four. Oh, what was your first one I've forgotten what the golf oh what the golf <laughs> So, number four is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Right, okay. Why? Super Mario Galaxy remains one of my favourite games ever, and being able to play that through again with my daughter watching and helping, uh, it's just, it it reminds me of just what a fantastic game it is. I never played Mario Sunshine. We've spoken about that on the podcast um, when this came out in September, and I quite like Mario Sunshine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm. Super Mario 64 has, for me, the same resonance as Ocarina of Time does, where I can appreciate what it does as a game but I just don't really feel anything playing it but I can play it through and appreciate just how revolutionary it was back in Mm. 97, 23, 24 years ago. Yeah. It's just to have all three games on one cartridge on the Switch I think is fantastic. I know it was pilloried for not having I mean one of the things that people were targeting at it was there was no Super Mario Galaxy 2 and you surely got to cut it off at at some point the storage rise on on the cartridge. I just think it's fantastic collection of of games yeah i agree it's it happens down you put any set of mario games together and i think you've got a a winning collection haven't you yeah i'm one of those people that that thinks that it was a slightly undercooked thing as we i think we discussed previously cash grab no not necessarily cash grab i think that the the intentions were it though their heart was in the right place but they just didn't the thing i compared it to if you remember is mario all-stars which was all the mario games up to that point then re-released on the super nintendo and they took advantage of the super nintendo's hardware to To um, update the graphics yeah i think they could have paid a greater service to mario 64 in particular if they'd done it the favor of giving it a facelift at the very least or slightly more invasively smoothed out the control because the control feels labored at times okay and i think the game design the level design, the beauty that is in the game, because there is beauty in the game, it would have really shone with just a a light polish to bring it up to modern, more modern standards. Is it 64? Yeah, I think they've done it a bit of a disservice. Yes, 64 in particular. The other two games, all they really needed is what they got. They got a 1080 upgrade 
resolution wise i think they both run at 60 frames per second which is nice for those people that need that there are things about mario sunshine that i would change gameplay wise for some reason particularly in sunshine i don't like being kicked out of levels every time i collect a star a sun sprite mm. i'd like to have the option to sort of collect sun sprites on mass yeah similar to odyssey and especially i think there are sun sprites that you can get in what's the town called delfino bay so i think there are sun sprites that you can find on delfino island itself that even when you collect them on the island or in the town square or whatever still kicks you out and offers you the option to save right what they should have done is put in the an auto save so mm-hmm. that it didn't ask you if you wanted to save and continue it just saved just as a it. matter of course yeah because then that's less invasive they should have let you carry on from the the place that you are at in the level as well on isla delfino whatever it's called particularly i know there were moments where i was going after a certain sun sprite and I found a different one mm. and I'd made it halfway to where I was going and then it I collected it and it kicked me back to ground level or whatever. Yeah. And it was just a bit frustrating. So it's that kind of minor thing for that for that game. That's fair enough. Yeah, Galaxy, leave it as it is. It yeah. doesn't need anything really, I don't think. So yeah, Mario 64, done the dirty, I feel, leaving it as it was. On that note to Mario 64, shout out to the video that Nintendo released a couple of weeks ago now, the preview of Super Nintendo World. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have this weird experience where you were looking at the creations, the structures, and seeing like super high-end graphics? 100%. It was the un- Uncanny Valley where this looks real, but it can't be real because it looks like a game, but it obviously is real. It was. It is stunning. It's absolutely stunning. I'd love to go there, but the chances of me getting to Japan anytime soon are yeah. slim. Well, even the, the, so. bit, the underground bit where it went in and all of the features there where it made it appear like you're shrinking down, yeah. essentially that's an indoor mate. I mean, that is going to have to be really carefully managed. Well, that's what I was thinking every time he punched one of those boxes. There was that one where he had to hit the box and it sent the... The Cooper shell. Yeah, it sent the Cooper shell up into the pipe. One, COVID security on on all of that stuff is going to have to be intense and very rigorous. But two, can you imagine being in there with hundreds and hundreds of other people all vying to use this one activity? Yeah. Even without COVID. Like, I just can't imagine that working very well. No. So it'll be interesting to see how it actually pans out. Maybe I'm just not polite enough, or maybe the people that I experience day to day aren't polite (laughs) enough to wait in line orderly. Well, British people are pretty good at queuing, aren't they? That's one of our our foibles. Mm, I, I think that's a lie truthfully but anyway right number number three for you that's mario number four for me we're lagging oh blimey so number four i'll blaze through this one so number four it's uh we've got an episode on this one journey to the savage planet it's a game where you get stranded on a planet uh, that you are tasked with exploring throughout your explorations you gather resources that then allow you to unlock new tools that then allow you to get to other places on the planet and it's very pretty uh, to look at it's very vibrant and bright and it's got some really lively encounters with fauna on the planet and and a nice sense of humor good sense of humor as well so all-round fun game michael Petit again so yeah. that's really what's going on with this list of five that's why they are where they are because they are just games that really got me and journey to the average planet just a brilliant iteration of that exploration type thing that i love it is such a fun game like everything about yeah. it is just designed just to be essentially a giant playground for you to just do whatever in it it's great it yeah. really is gently savage planet anyone that's not played it get on it is that a 2020 game yeah early 2020 february i think right 
Okay. So my number three is not a 2020 game. However, it's a game that Ooh, boo. Uh, however, it's a game that I got for Christmas 2019. So just a matter of days away from being a 2020 okay. game. However, it did come out October 31st last year, which might be a bit of a clue as to what the game is. Halloween 2019. Ah, yes, I know what it is. It's Luigi's Mansion 3. It is. Do you cool. play this? I mean, good choice. I've played it. My wife has played it more. She's the one that actually owns this and has been far more immersed in Luigi's Mansion than I ever have. But I do like Luigi's Mansion and I understand why it could possibly get onto a list like this. I had the one on the 3DS, which I can't... Dark, Dark Moon. Moon. Yeah, I had Dark Moon on 3DS and I played through the whole game. It, it was it was okay, but I wasn't really... I didn't get why people banged mm. on about it as much as they did. Oh. And then Luigi's Mansion 3, I thought was absolutely amazing. Have you played the first one? No, because that was GameCube. Right, well, Le- Luigi's Mansion is better than Dark Moon. Dark Moon did a few things, uh, took a few steps that people didn't appreciate. Luigi's Mansion 3 removed those steps, basically. <laughs> it put right what people felt were, was wrong. Mm. Uh, so maybe that's why you've experienced it the way you have. Yeah, possibly. And again, like you just said about Journey to the Savage Planet, it was uh, a game where the map isn't especially big but there is Mm. so much to find in there and the way the game works so the plot in a nutshell luigi mario peach and toad go to this hotel in the middle of nowhere that turns out it's a trap by king boo and he catches the rest of them apart from luigi you then unlock this what is essentially a ghost busting vacuum cleaner vacuum Mm. yep not hoover because that's a brand you get equipped with what is essentially a ghost busting vacuum pack thing that you can suck ghosts in, you can blow things with it, you can press both buttons at the same time to do this little jump. And what the game does is it takes that basic gameplay and does so many weird and wonderful things with it. It's so creative and, and unique. Yeah. And there's 15 floors in the hotel and each floor's themed around a different thing and it just it has these twists and turns. It, it was a joy to play. There are some really standout moments in the game and floor-wise, I think the thing that I've played that I enjoyed the most was the movies floor. Yeah, that's a good shout. Everything is themed around films. So yeah, that's a little taste. There's also the, uh, is it the gardening? I can't remember who you're chasing around on the gardening floor, but the main room when you when you come out of the elevator, I believe, has got this staircase that goes round yeah. the edge of the room yeah. and then a, a big plant, like a big tree that yeah. sprouts up in the middle. The boss battle actually in there, the boss fight that you do at the base of that tree i found really enjoyable pots the gardener i think his name was my daughter got loki obsessed with looking at all the ghosts that you collected and she'd like just mm. look at them and uh, that was kind of january just playing through that and getting, then going to have a look at the ghosts we've done lots so i can kind of remember mo- the names of most of them mm. yeah really good choice what's your number three then number three gonna make you happy so my number three is a remake, actually. I was going to say remaster, but it's a, it's a complete remake, ground-up remake, and has set a classic series back on track, having fallen off it of late. Is it a classic series that had maybe gone off track because the person had fallen off said vehicle? I mean, yeah, he might have he might have bailed. He might have maybe tried to do an ollie and failed, maybe. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which when it came out, people were gushing about it. It seems to have died down relatively quickly, uh, which I suppose is not a surprise. But the people that wanted the game will still be playing it now. And I imagine will be playing it long into the future because it was just a really solid re make from the ground up of the first two games in the Tony Hawk series and it nailed it having having suffered if you are a fan of Tony Hawk's games and I am a fan of Tony Hawk's games I can't skate but I love I love the games I can't skate I'm not involved in skater culture 
or anything, but the games are really fun as far as I'm concerned. Arcade skateboarding mm. affairs. The first two were fantastic. The remakes are, are just as fantastic. And on top of that, they look just phenomenal and run really, really well. So for everything that people were hoping it would be, it turned out to be that and then a little bit more as well. So you said remake. So is it where rather than just tarting at the graphics, they did the whole game again from the ground up yeah, and just remade? Yeah, it's out. totally it's new. Yeah, totally new code. It's it, they haven't. So a remaster is usually but not always a remaster would be this is the way i understand it anyway you know it might other people might understand it differently but a remaster is where they take the source code for the most part and then they tart it up a little bit they they polish it up they might add extra highly detailed textures but for all intents and purposes the game is the game that it was because it's based on the same code Mm -hmm. a remake is where they take the game and they build it from scratch a lot of the time they're aiming for a faithful recreation but it's remade they might round off the edges where Mm -hmm. it's a little bit sharp in places or whatever that's how i understand them anyway remakes remasters that's completely my understanding as well so there's been quite a few over the last few years now Uh, the one that i've Mm -hmm played the most is the spyro uh, remake as opposed to a remaster i think they call that a remaster i think it's spyro oh it's reignited yeah <laughs> i don't know what that is <laughs> uh, but it is a remake isn't it because they famously or not famously they couldn't find the source code mm. for spyro so they had they went to some great lengths to rebuild that game from scratch yeah they had did they have some kind of um code where they played the game and then the code it took what was happening on screen and it mapped out the levels based almost, on what was happening on the screen. Almost wrote itself. I don't know. I don't know I mean, to that, that is, extent. But that is yeah, what was, you've said to me previously. Is I have no idea. So you're yeah. the only uh, oracle I, I've got pre- regarding that. I'm going to have to find a source for that. If I find the source for it, it was a, it was a, like a mini documentary that I found online where they were talking about how they made it. Or else I dreamt it, one of the two. I'll, I'll admit to I mean, either one in the description below. Both both are just as plausible, aren't they, really? Yeah, they are. <laughs> right. My, I, I do have vivid dreams, so... My number two, if you'll pardon the expression, is Lair of the Clockwork God. Brilliant! There yeah. we go. So I don't need to feel too bad about not putting it on the list. No. Brilliant. Good. I'm so glad. Okay, I think I know what your number one is. Yeah, I think you're going to be able to guess my number one. Now might be a time, then, to talk about how I've gained the system, okay? My top five... As I said, it could have been a top 20 probably, but there were two games kept dropping in and out of the top five. One of them was Layer of the Clockwork God, who has been given an honourable mention anyway. The other one is your number one. Okay. okay? And I didn't mention it in my honourable mentions, and it's not in my top five because I knew it was going to be in your list probably number one you can read me like a book can't you didn't trust you to put layer of the clockwork god in your top five though ah. so that's i gave it a shout out before so number two layer of the clockwork god now yeah. is a brilliant time to go through why go for so it. this was episode 31 if you haven't listened to that episode it was just an absolute blast the mm. conceit of the game is you've got dan who is really into 16-bit 8-bit platforming games and you've got ben who's really into adventure games pixelated adventure games that were on the pc back in the early to mid 90s 
So you've got someone who really likes Sonic, Mario, etc. Someone who really likes Monkey Island, Discworld, etc. And the game brings these two seemingly disparate genres together and creates a whole game where you're flicking between the two. And it's just great. And the, the two of them clearly have love and passion for those genres because they parody those genres, they reference those genres as little Easter eggs, but they just do both those genres really well. Both of those sections, the platforming section, the adventure game section, could quite easily stand up as great examples of those genres in and of themselves but to put them together in such a clever way I mean, it's now you and i were talking earlier tonight about horace for example on the switch mm. which has got some tropes that in the platforming elements of layer the clockwork god because they want to be to create an indie darling platformer they talk about games that are all pixelated and they have this gravity flip thing which Horace does and I now cannot play Horace without just thinking of Layer of the Clockwork God yeah kind of coloured playing games for you in a way and and speaks of the strength of what it does as well and and the comments it makes because it's a very incisive and insightful commentary on the industry as you say it shows a knowledge and a love of the two genres and and of games in general and frankly it was just nice to talk to Ben and Dan they seem like lovely people and yeah. they deserve the accolades that they get even if they are just uh, being number two on Chris's list on this Game Wear podcast at least they made the top five I am so sorry yeah I'm not pointing I, I, fingers like I say no I feel I feel so bad about it, but uh, on top of that, I did see actually uh, Dan was bemoaning the fact that he came in second place on Get Indie Gaming on YouTube. They uh, put Layer of the Clockwork got it number two in their rundown of the year, so might not be pleased with you either. No, well, no regrets. What's your They're not two? coming on again, I guess. <laughs> my number two. So my number two is, it's kind of a pair of games, but one of them definitely released this year, so I'm leading with that. It is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Great choice. So... Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a lovely, lovely looking and playing Metroidvania style game where you take control of a little light being. Sprite? Yeah, a little sprite, I guess is a better word. Thank you, Chris. Called Ori, who is tasked with saving his best friend, I guess you would call it, a little owl that has in a storm been cast adrift in this new world, in this new country that they've never been to before. It's a bit different to the first game. I played both of them this year. Ori and the Blind Forest is the first one. Ori and the Blind Forest is very platform-centric, and it's all about the navigation and crisp platforming, I would say. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, it broadens out the combat side of the game okay so you still have the platforming and the navigation elements there and they're still very solid but then they you've also got this slightly more in-depth combat system that allows you to tailor combat to you as a player i would say so i made certain choices as to which tools i equipped to fight with that other people wouldn't have made and you can make the game harder or easier depending on what you choose so it's yeah, I, it really was. And it was a, a welcome... I didn't know I wanted it until they gave me it. Or in the Blind Forest, I said, I would say is just fine as it is. But when they build in this new combat system, it, it makes everything just a bit better. Mm. The world that they've created in both games and the art style that they used to do that is just gorgeous as well. There are some drawbacks to the game. They're the same drawbacks that I think the first one had, which are namely with those sections of the game where you are being chased by something pursuit sections so if you're being chased by a giant wolf or if you're being chased by a decrepit owl or whatever or chased by water that is rising up a tower they are always a bit of a drag for me i like the fact that it forces you to have to do precision platforming it's something that i quite enjoy Mm. but i think there are other ways to do it 
and too often Ori will go for this pursuit mechanic, which I actually think is a bit of a uh, a trope of platformers these days as well. Probably a long time ago it was a trope, to be honest. Despite that, though, it's phenomenal. One of my favourite games. Well, off the back of you talking about decrepit owls and wolves, shall I go in for my number one? Go for it. I know what it is. Should we say on the count of three? Should we do it together just to check? One, two, three... Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yay! Yeah, I knew it would be. So uh, this was going to be, this should be on my list. It should be at least in the honourable mentions, but it should be somewhere in my top five, really. But but just like Larry the Clockwork God, I made a calculated decision not to put it on because I knew you would. Yeah, uh, this, this game is 2020 for me. Like, I was so on the fence with getting this, and it took an episode of talking to you about it back in June, and mm. talking to a couple of other people I knew who got it. Eventually, I took the plunge. It is just amazing. I know a few other people who are getting it for Christmas now, and the mm. thing I say to them about it is, it's just, it's such a relaxing game. There is no element of risk, or it's just such a zen experience playing through this mm. game. Clarifying that as well, I haven't even finished this game yet. I looked on my Switch account uh, last weekend and i've played this game for 60 hours i would say for at least the last 20 of those 60 hours it's just been me faffing about on the islands picking apples and doing a bit that's of weeding. the game though yeah but it's just yeah. so relaxing to do that i did enter that episode way back when with the intent of trying to convince you that it was worth your time and one of the reasons for that is that you don't have any time at least in my experience for games that recreate chores yeah <laughs> The uh, essential example for us, the crux of many an argument, friendly arguments, we don't do big arguments, but the crux of many arguments is Stardew Valley, which you tried for half an hour at my house and turned your nose up at. In fact, worse than that, you screwed your face up into the most disgusting grimace. <laughs> like a like gargoyle. Wiped a dog's backside on your nose or something. And I was dismayed because it was a game that got me and Hannah through some quite like miserable months, frankly, like it pulled us through. And that's a story that I've heard retold by so many people. When I handed it to you on a platter, that was that was the baggage that came with it. So to, for you, for you to go through back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I felt it as a personal slight. And I felt like I was risking something giving you our, uh, Animal Crossing. Like, I felt like I was this thing that... So, Animal Crossing, this this version of it, is the first version that I've played since the first one that came out on the GameCube way back when. And again, it's one of the games that me and Hannah played together. So, I felt quite tentative about passing this over to you because I was worried that we'd have a repeat of Stardew Valley. I am ecstatic Yeah, that you are still playing it. I, I seized it with both hands. I mean, you've talked about how Stardew Valley got you through some times in your past. For, for me, I mean, I did come to Animal Crossing Party a little bit late. I think the game came out in in March, April. Yeah, it's been people's lockdown game. Exactly hasn't it? what I was about to mm. say. That I mean, I was playing it as lockdown was being lit, well, as the first lockdown was being lifted, and it was that was part of my lockdown routine. I'd get up, get dressed, etc., and then right, let's have a bit of a bit of time. I'm across in half an hour or so, just mm. see what's been going on the island overnight and over the, the course of the last twenty four hours. It was just so nice to be able to not have the news on and worry about what's going on in the world and just focus on this little idyllic zen area the word i keep using relaxing just chatting to these really beautifully realized characters who seem to genuinely have a life of their own that the interactions they have with you the other characters and trying to sort out for your islands oh there's a new shop opening let's have a ceremony where where are we going to put the shop down just it's just so i don't say beautiful that sounds a bit ridiculous but there's a serenity to it yeah maybe yeah yeah I, i think one of the things that i like about this broad 
genre, if you can call it that, that takes in Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing, where you are leaving behind your chores in the real world to go and do chores in, because you are. I know people use that to deride these style, this style of game, but the thing that differentiates it from the real world is that there is just no pressure yeah in those games it is a huge escape and it you know no one's on your back to to pick your weeds or to build your house or decorate your house or whatever you can do what you want you can just do what you want yeah you can play it the way you want as well i know that you don't do any decorating around your house like no. your house is just a tip of or course like I, I mean literally a tip where you go and store all your stuff that you don't want to carry around for you yeah uh, with you other people they really like to dress their character up and sort of take part in fashion style mm. gameplay and so on so that's another thing that i really like about it it's been a game that my daughter has really got into again there's i can leave her to play it and i know there's yeah. no risk of her coming across something unsavory or that there's going to be any like for example i asked her after we played during the savage planet so i just showed her that a little bit just see how she got on with it and she just couldn't do it at all because there was just too much yeah. dexterity required whereas animal crossing yeah. it's so straightforward in every sense the controls the gameplay whatever you're doing she can just sit and quite happily play it for an hour and then also the mm. fact you've got you, there's two player modes in it so we can both be playing it at the same time which has been a lovely mm. bonding experience for us as well it's a game i like to dip into and out of so i played it intensely as did my wife at the beginning of lockdown i got it just as lockdown was setting in so and we played it a lot and then over summer we started to sort of wind down with it mm-hmm. and then it takes on this different pace if you let it where you just dip in every so often maybe for a week and you'll visit for a week and then you'll come away it's like a holiday and and the most recent dip in that i've done was at the beginning of december to see it all nice and snowy and i rolled a snowball yeah apparently if you roll the snowballs up make and a don't bang them into anything you can make a, a snow person yep. yeah so that's a nice little and they they melt do they? Right, so the... Apparently so. Hannah Hannah made one. I kept breaking mine because I'm rubbish at rolling stuff around. Uh, but Hannah, said, Hannah built one in front of her house and she said that it's been melting over the course of a few days. So I've, since what you've just said, I've now got into a bit of a, a pattern with the game where I play it twice a week for probably about hmm. 30 to 45 minutes just doing little errands around the island. So the last time I played it, which I think at the time of recording was about four nights ago, I made a snowboy, so I haven't played it since then. So if I boot the game up again tomorrow and have a look at it it may well be that it it's might melted. have melted a little bit yeah. yeah or melted completely we talked at length in an entire episode so uh, about this game and why it's good and some of the drawbacks so we won't go over them now because obviously we're gush we, we, we've sort of landed in a, well, a situation where we're both gushing about the game again and we even did a second episode to gush about it some we, more t- so we did yeah. there are two episodes so you can you can find those but honestly it's a little bit of magic it's an oasis for so many people and it it might well be an oasis for you if you're listening to this. It might not be your cup of tea. But then equally, I didn't think it was going to be my cup of tea and I absolutely adore it, so... Good. I feel really happy that mm. that's your number one. I yeah, no, thank, thank you, you for the recommendation. What's your number one then? So my number one is a relatively new game. It's a game actually that when I played it the first time, I didn't quite understand why it was being hyped quite the way it was. And then after a couple of weeks having not played it, I went back to it and the focus changed for me i don't know what flipped the switch but something flicked and i suddenly got it it clicked right and the game is hades okay do you know hades not at all i I think you've mentioned it to me through text but beyond that 
Right, Hades is a game by Supergiant Games, and Supergiant Games have been on a journey. Their first game was released, uh, whoa, ages ago, like 2009 or 10, I think, just off the top of my head. It was called Bastion. Mm -hmm. And the big thing about Bastion was that it has a narrator who you do things on the screen and the narrator's narrative spoken narrative it it sort of adapts to what you're doing so if it seems like you're a little bit tentative about doing a thing then the narrator will it is programmed to incorporate that into the way he talks about what you're doing if you die over and over again at a certain point then the narrator will comment on that thing it was almost an experiment in leading a game with a narrative if that makes sense like the narrative was very very important it was intense it was intrinsic to Bastion the experience. It was the relationship between the game and the player. I mean, it, it's making me think of the Stanley, yes. Stanley Parable. Yeah, so the Stanley Parable has a similar thing where you've got this narrator talking to the player throughout, hasn't it? Yeah. I played Bastion at yours, a bit like Journey, I played about half an hour. I thought it was great. So It is. They've then had a, a series of games, Transistor, Pyre, and I'm think i'm forgetting one but every single game has had narrative as a core focus and it feels like they've been basically throughout their career uh, as a studio it feels like where they've been heading is here hades so for anyone that doesn't know hades or or doesn't know anything about hades hades is what's called a roguelike a roguelike is a game where you go through the game and you get as far as you possibly can with the equipment that you find on your way And at some point you will, in your first run, unless you're an absolute master at at the game, you will inevitably die and it will reset everything, take away all of your equipment. You start again. Okay. And the the aim is to then go back into the game and try and get a little bit further and a little bit further and eke your way to the end, to to the very end of the game. So there's a lot of repetition in mm-hmm. roguelikes i actually uh, i said that these games that i've chosen these five they are my cups of tea all of them roguelike games are games that oftentimes will grab me and won't let and don't let me go rogue legacy is probably one of my favorite roguelikes and hades has superseded that in a big way because it solves one of the problems that i have with some roguelikes and that is incentive like the reason for me to want to go back into whatever challenge it's offering so the incentive is is not just to do better there's something more than that yeah hades solves that problem by making narrative un, unsurprisingly from supergiant games it makes narrative the core focus so your task as Zagreus, the main character, is to escape Hades, to escape the underworld, to find your mother. And when you find your mother, you you end up back in the underworld. Right. It frames that event in such a way as it sets up your next run and the reason that you're going to go on your next run. Okay. Because you need to get back to your mum again. For a reason that I don't want to divulge on Mike. Uh, for fear of spoiling it for people who haven't played it. So basically, all the all of the things that I sometimes struggle with with roguelikes, Supergiant Games' focus on narrative is solved. Because the story is the character's drive. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it is the player's drive. It's not simply a case of, I want to feel challenged. It's a case of, well, I want to know what's going on with this person or that person one of the things it's all based around greek mythology yeah i figured from the the hades and the whole getting in out into the world that's um orpheus i wish i was better at my um there was his... i believe so where he turns around and yeah where he's, he's, he uh, goes... and his wife he's, he rescues his wife yeah and as they're leaving he's told hades, don't so turn don't, around you can't turn back at any point and if you turn back then then that, that's it Game you'll, over. Lose, you'll lose her again so he, he, he turns around yeah yeah uh 
I, I God, I used to be a lot better when I was seven at Greek mythology. <laughs> And it's all gone at 32, unfortunately. But Zagreus is sort of taking that path that Orpheus took. All the characters are based around the pantheon of gods that exist in on both Olympus and in Hades, the underworld. You've also got like characters, you've got mortal characters as well. So you, one of the people that you meet in the game through the course of the game, when you when you go in through the different chambers in the game, is is Sisyphus, who is the guy that pushes the boulder up and then it rolls back down. Yeah, and he will give you things that help you. But also what he gives you each time you meet him, he will give you a little tidbit of his story and his experience in the underworld there's a really good people make games episode that's all about the dynamic dialogue system that underpins Hades and it's that dynamic dialogue system that makes the game really Mm -hmm. because everybody is taking into account the conversations that you've had with other people and everybody is also taking into account the events that you've that have unfolded prior to them talking to you at that point so if you've got a new weapon they might talk to you about that new weapon that you've had but the the conversation as a result they feel alive and they feel meaningful they're not just wrote they're not just mm-hmm. scripted although they are scripted yeah there are several different things that might be said to you as a result of what you've done in the game this is again i wondered about whether to put this at, at the top uh, or even to mention it at all even though it is genuinely the best game i've played and and the best game that a lot of people have played this year by all accounts because there's just this is an episode you could talk about this okay. forever, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut myself short. Yeah, I was but gonna say, what what's your elevator pitch for this being number one? That I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd had one, then I would have used it. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have tried to stumble through everything that makes it brilliant. Just everything about it is brilliant. The end. It plays very well as a game. It's it's just very well polished, as you'd expect from super giant games. But what really elevates it is the focus on narrative that then gives everything else meaning. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've never experienced with a roguelike before. And it's something that is now going to challenge roguelikes in the future. Because if they don't do this, then there is a potential that you might feel a certain lack. Certainly I might feel that the game is, is lacking a certain something that Hades has in spades. So it's taken the genre and sort of dragged it forward yeah really I, I i think so yeah that's good thank you for uh to about that ashley it's on the switch as well and right. i would highly recommend it's it's worth the cost whatever the cost is i don't know what it is it's definitely not a full price game whatever they're charging i would pay it you can also for anyone that is uh, has a switch and a pc it supports cross saves so if you're playing it on the pc and then you go out and you take your switch with you you can carry you can pick up the save on your switch and carry on that exact same game that's pretty impressive yeah nice little extra and just to clarify that is definitely a 2020 game <laughs> yeah good yeah it's all of mine are oh just me that was bending the rules a bit then yeah yeah well i bent them in a different way i would say true so there you go our top 10 of the year yeah it's been a really good year is what i was uh, what i nearly interrupted you to say i feel the games that come out this year just a great set of games and that concludes our top 10 of the year our little games roundup hopefully there's been something there to wet your whistle something you might have talked about that you might think oh actually i fancy giving that a go if you do then let us know and equally if there's something that we have overlooked or haven't included in our list that you think should be there please do come and let us know that as well we're always looking for new games to play absolutely it's our cross to bear <laughs> so this seems like the right time to say thank you to everybody that has listened to us this year this year has i think surpassed both of our expectations in terms of numbers frankly yeah. of people listening to us yeah even if you're not joining us on youtube or twitter or facebook or whatever we know you're out there 
and we are so grateful to you for, for listening we enjoy making the podcast we'd be making it even if there was two people listening me if it you. was just me me and chris and his mum or something we'd still be making it because we like doing it yeah but the knowing that there are people out there beyond us people around the world actually yeah do you remember when we got our first international listener in india i can tell from your face you can't remember no. but i was gobsmacked it was like two months in or something and I, it was in india and i was like whoa i remember that we we're big in canada and japan which i think is amazing so if you're listening in canada or japan come and uh, say hello to us at the last count because i do do things like this mainly because i'm astonished that we've got this kind of reach we are listened to in 29 countries or we have been listened to in wow. 20 nine countries around the world this year alone so uh, if you're one of our international listeners we would love to talk to you we would love to hear from you we are available on twitter on youtube on facebook and on instagram and if you talk to us we will definitely talk to you thank you so much for listening and have a good new year so that seems like a good place to wrap up our fifth festive special we will be back next week back on track with a usual episode is episode 43 it is and it's your game next week back to normal yeah happy new year happy new year have a good one bye bye